Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. Hi, welcome to Podcast 2187. I'm your host, uh, DJ, <laughs> DJ uh, Manicotti, and <laughs> I'm here to bring you the Star Wars news. Let's Oops, I just hit my microphone. Rough start to the, to the podcasting, but good start to life. All right, I'm with uh, my my backup singers. Uh, we got Jared, the the man Jones. All right. We That's got accurate. we got Tim uh, Cook with us today, <laughs> and. and Mark, Mr. Baseball, what's up, fellas? <laughs> Mr. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? That's your, I... your that's your radio nickname. That's a talk your baseball announcer. I yeah, like our, I, I I like our morning zoo crew nicknames. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, like, you're like Mike and the Mad Dog. Mark and Mr. the Mad Dog. Your it's name Mr. Is baseball Mr. and the Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like another thing to point out here is that for a couple seconds at the beginning, it's like she built up some energy to get this started, and then it all went away. I'm yeah, it's like a balloon. AF, y'all, hella, getting ready to move to California with these words. They'll send what? <laughs> Those words will send you there. Hella, you hella say that? af. Yeah. We don't say hella. We don't say hella af. Hella af. Uh-uh. It's a San like, Francisco thing, I think. I like that. Whenever I try to, uh, not that I do it very often, but I've, I like a couple times the past couple weeks, I've tried to type af as in the act. You know, the acronym people use when texting or tweeting or whatnot, but it automatically capitalizes because I have referred to Alpha Flight the. Marvel comic book from the 80s and 90s. Oh my god! Too this much. Only happened to you. I know. <laughs> it's quite stupid. And whenever it happens, I crack up and I don't do anything. And I'm just like, I guess it looks like I capitalized that, like it's a freaking like government institution. <laughs> yeah. Like Air Force, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, stick an O at the end next time. Yeah, I never actually talk about the Air Force. And to be fair, usually that's USAF. That's what. That's what's to give it an USAF. O. This this traffic is bad at AF. See, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready to, so ready to be a Californian, mean. Not to totally take over, but just to kind of push some conversation ah, forward. Ah, you're being you're being hijacked. I wouldn't say that. Excuse me. So we have some Star Wars news tonight, boys. Okay, so wait, what is it? Let's get to right, one it. Second. One second. Can what? we mark this? Can we mark this day because I want to. Talk to Andrea about two months, and just ask her about Wegmans, and just listen to how. Because there is apparently nothing out here that, that even comes close. Okay, oh, hold on, hold on one second. I, I have no idea what you just said because I just realized. For, I, I think my software updated because it was recording us and live streaming at the same time. Apparently. Wait, what? Right. Live streaming on what? Uh, YouTube, where we usually go for. <laughs> Our live streams. Like I just, I just stopped the streaming part. It's still recording. But that was zero listeners. <laughs> but it's just like, how? I don't understand that. I guess it was an update or something because I did not say to stream. Anyway, that was fun. Okay, go on. Uh, I'm just saying I'd like to check in with Andrew in about two months to see uh, how life without Wegmans 
That could even be a po- that could be a podcast. Yeah. A lot. Honestly, it makes me like. It, honestly, I can't think about it because I get emotional. <laughs> What's the best food? What's the best food that you love? That's local to you. At Wegmans or in general? No, 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 no. Just in general, to where you're at now. Best restaurant. Uh, something uh, regional. Oh, something regional. Hey, I mean, like, what do they make good near you? Um, we have like uh in the middle of New York, like the state. There's um the Finger Lakes, and they make a lot. They have a lot of wineries there, and they have really good Riesling that's like really cheap and local. And that I know is like a local thing. So yep. I'm gonna be sad to miss. I'm gonna miss that. But so, so in one hand you have you have local Riesling wine, in the other hand you have Blake. <laughs> well, there's like there's also gonna be local wine in California. Not really. Uh-uh. I don't I don't know what you heard. <laughs> Aren't there a ton of wineries? Yes, but not like I mean in Napa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 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 true. gonna be down like, south. It's a ton I'm of like, breweries. Yeah, we're an entire coast, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like New York is like a a, a little pocket like to us. Yeah, the wineries are really close. Yeah, that's. Like, I remember because my my parents went out uh, not last summer, or last fall, yeah, the like, year before, and they were they were pretty close to you. When yeah, they it's went like to a the wine trip. tour. Like you could just day trip to wine tours and get lit, and then go take a limo back home and just be like <laughs> faced. Or sorry. Um, poop faced at 5 p.m. <laughs> Good thing that live stream's over. Or we could have yeah, no, we nobody. That's secret have gotten, live stream. We would have gotten rammed for that one. Um, I am still waiting though to because c- Andrea, you're you're like there's Star Wars news to get to, and I, I'm waiting yeah, to hear so what it like, is. Um, this thing happened with Star Wars, where there's like an article and. It was saying like there's gonna be no more uh, standalone films, and then the the R prequel memes Twitter was like freaking out because they were like we've been making <laughs> memes for years about Obi Wan Kenobi, and now we ruined it. And now there's not gonna be any Obi Wan Kenobi movie. And then there was like a uh, thing that said like maybe there'd still be standalone movies. So then our prequel meme- memes like went back to like just like posting about obi-wan kenobi and um so glad we're not live stuff posting (laughs) poop posting (laughs) and there's a lot of memes (laughs) about sad you you don't say that in our uh prequel memes there's a lot of memes (laughs) yeah about there's definitely a sub community in that community that just really likes Obi Wan Kenobi, and you know I don't I don't honestly blame them for it. Oh no, he's like the best part of those movies, like right? I mean, I yeah. I, I like Yoda, and and um, Palpatine is really good. Ian McDiarmid is really good, but he uh, Ewan just nails it. You know, he's likable. I've seen I have I think I've seen about a hundred different memes just with him poking his head up and saying hello there, or some variation, <laughs> or something. Something's army. Oh, they're so they're so funny because it's because the look on his the ear to ear grin on Obi Wan Kenobi's <laughs> face when he's popping his head up. It's, it's so comical because like 
I don't think we see Alec Guinness do more than like a wry half smile <laughs> in the entire original trilogy, you know, but he's just like got this goofy grin. And he's supposed to be what, like 35 then? Yeah, like, oh, wow. I don't know. Holy crap. I'm Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones age eight. <laughs> you got to do a, do it for Halloween. Grow your hair out. Oh, uh, well, my hair's pretty close. Temporary diet orange. Yeah. Um, in other Star Wars news, um... Oh, wait, there was a contradiction, though, about that, right? Like, like the ABC News said... I have no idea what the actual story is, honestly. <laughs> I've heard, seen so you many things... You nailed the first thing. The yes. first Second part hand is right. on Twitter, and I'm like, I don't know, are there movies or are there not movies? I know there's an episode nine. I know that's coming <laughs> out. But everything else is up in the air. Well, and the, I'm and like, the, the one yeah. thing that all the stories have the same is that nothing is happening... With the uh, B and W, with the Game of Thrones guys, a series of movies, which we still don't even know how many there are. Could be two, could be six. We just know it's more than one. And uh, and the Johnson trilogy. But the first thing was from Collider, and they said no more uh, standalones, just like you said. But then ABC News came out and they said, right. no, no, we're hearing that every movie that they've been developing they're still developing which just sounds impossible right. to me well <laughs> like, and, and like they're the, still making the one with trank just <laughs> shut up about it shut well <laughs> but like like i think i think the point of that report was just that it's in some stage of development like they may be put on a back burner or something right. but they're not canceled and there's still a process for the movies Right. Yeah, and but like, what is well, the reason? Is it just because Solo didn't do that great? I, I think it's just that they are, are... Well, what I read said that they just want to be focusing completely on Episode Nine right now. That sounds like um, BS. Well, they paid so much money for this company. I, I, I kind of just feel like they are realizing that too many Star Wars movies too frequently starts to become normal, which is great for us, but people become a little less interested when it's less of an event, I guess. And I um, think that you yeah. can't rush into it. It's like the Marvel movies, you know, their Hulk, the, the Hulk movie wasn't six months after the first Iron Man movie, you know? But, but, yeah. Like, you can't, we can't expect them to be able to handle a Star Wars movie uh, this close, like five months after one, especially because of the advertising difference that we've talked about a bunch. Like, I think that that probably had to do with it because, no, like, no movie followed that sparse of an advertising plan and i think we all depended or they i think a lot of the fandom and lucasfilm and disney all were like it's star wars it'll be huge like like they kind of took it for <laughs> granted a little well and like to an extent you have to like it was great for people like us to have this movie so close to the other one because we're ready for this turnaround yay awesome but again for like an average moviegoer which is the vast majority of people who are going to be seeing these movies in theaters um, need to have some time to build anticipation and excitement and interest in a movie. No, it's true. Even the one, even the really successful series, other than Star Wars, you know, the only one that has multiple movies a year is is Marvel. You know, the, even the ones that have right. done really well, at most they were one a year, like like Twilight or, uh, and that was only I think towards the end, I think, and uh, and Harry Potter, you know, or, or Lord of the Rings, like like for the most part they're more than a year, like like. Fast and the Furious is one of the most successful franchises, but those don't come out every twelve months. Like, yeah, they're usually well, right. Even Pixar for a while, Pixar started to crank out. Oh, we're going to do two movies a year, and then they hit a 
hit a bump here and there. Like, okay, never mind. We're just gonna put out one good one true. every year. That's true. And like, and they're not even an interconnected universe or anything, but they just ha- are, you know, the same people in general working, or, or like, you know, the same pool of people working on all the projects. That's that's a really good point, though. You know, and I think ultimately too, it's just it's one of those things that one of the things that makes Marvel able to have multiple movies is even though they're separate standalones for the most part, they still build upon each other. You know, in, in this instance, you've got a movie that doesn't have any stakes for the most part. You know, here here's Solo, and it's like okay, well, I don't have to see it in the theater because I'm not going to really get spoiled about anything. I mean, it's a it's a it's a prequel story about Han Solo and Chewbacca, and I know that he doesn't die for years, and that. I really don't even need to see it right now. I'll just wait for Netflix. I think that's a good point. And, and someone brought up the fact that it's all been out of order. And it made me think of the Marvel movies because of the way uh, Guardians 2 shook out. Guardians 1 actually was totally out of order chronologically. Like it took place just a couple months before Guardians 2, which took place in real time. took place in 2017 or whatever. But, but nobody knew that. Right, we didn't know that at the time. And the only ones that we really did know – you know, now are Ant-Man coming out next month and previously uh, First Avenger. But even that one, you know, that was what, the fourth? Mo- not fourth. Third? No, yeah, was it the fourth? Because Thor came out first? Is that right? Or did he already come was, out before? It was either third he, or fourth. Right? Yeah, I think, I think it was a fourth because I think Iron Man got a sequel before. Um, yeah. So it was Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Cap, then Thor? Oh, okay, fifth then. That, yes. Oh, so, 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 so yeah, so, so it, was, it was fifth. So, like, they did not rush into the out-of-order crap. Everything else was chronological for the first four movies, whereas this, you know, this new version of Star Wars, yeah, the original three were chronological, and then the prequels were chronological. But since then, we've been asking the fan base to be, you know, the average fan base to be all over the place with the, with the with, you know, with the Disney era. We got Rebels going on while we have the movie. We have the, you know, the sequel trilogy, and then something that's in the middle, you know, between the... The prequels and the original trilogy, and then now we have Solo, which is also between the originals and the prequel, but way earlier. Like it's just like, well, you know, and, and then also the the problem is is that is that they're still playing, they're still playing the stupid game like like this should be a mystery, you know? It, it oh. took forever for us to get any lines of dialogue from from Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, and it's like, what's the mystery? It if really seems, you know, if that's your lead. Show him right away. And it really seemed like Ron Howard did his best. And I'm sure that it was like corporate synergy. I'm sure Lucasfilm wasn't like – they were probably in on it much less. They weren't against him posting what he was posting. And he was trying to combat, I think, their previous uh, you know, mystery box kind of vibe. But he still wasn't able to really make a dent on anything significant. And it only worked if you follow Ron Howard on Twitter, which, you know what, the guy who directed – Willow and like, uh, you know, a beautiful mind <laughs> isn't the most pop- popular dude on Twitter. <laughs> like, he's a he's a big name. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, uh, yeah, hip with the young crowd. No. So, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like you're absolutely right, but the the mystery box thing has just gone on too long, and I feel like it's gonna get worse with episode nine because JJ's back, and he really he just believes in it. Like it's something he it's like a personal philosophy that while you're working on it you don't want much to get out and, and I, I well no, I, was just, I was just gonna say that that is true but I will say that there's a difference with the way that JJ does it because 
he doesn't just keep things for the sake of keeping things hidden. He keeps them so that he can control the reveals and, to an extent, control the excitement and anticipation, which is part of yeah. the reason why the lead-up for Force Awakens was so great is because of how he handled I mean, frustrating at times, but still, how he handled it helped build that anticipation. Yeah, yeah I guess. But I don't even know. Did you follow Jason's stuff? Because I did. So and I know Mark did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like how do we even have any freaking idea what that was like we weren't limited by him in any way <laughs> we knew the entire movie so right. it's like i don't really think we're equipped to like step out of our own experiences and say oh no that was a great way to do it i because i know people who were spoiler free who loved star wars and loved force awakens and loved jj i know it, most of the people i know hated it they hated the experience and they were like and right. they still complain about it today yeah so i don't know i don't know because you're right but I had just as much anticipation for Spider-Man Homecoming or or, or uh, Infinity War when it came to the actual like experience of going to the theater. Like, like Force Awakens having nothing to do with the way he marketed it with his mystery box was unique because we got Star Wars back. It was like Lazarus coming back from the dead. We thought we were never going to get Star Wars again, and it had been a while. You know, like, I feel like that's another one. It's hard to evaluate on its own because that was such a big deal. Like, yeah, but does, does the, does the mystery box idea even work anymore? And the reason I ask is that, you know, it, people are so comfortable more and more in just seeing films in their home or seeing films, even on their, on their tablets or their iPhone, you know, you name it. And so the thing is, is that, is that I don't necessarily want to be full out spoiled, but get me out of my house Get me to spend the money to go to a movie theater. And, you know, I think that is more and more of a daunting task. Obviously, for fans like us, we're going to go see Star Wars in a theater. But for the average moviegoer, you have to show them why they need to go see it in a damn theater. You know, I, I, I complained that there was almost overkill as far as uh, Jurassic World goes and what you showed me uh, in, in the trailers. But at the same time, it's like they got me out of they got me there, you know, Sunday morning at 830 <laughs> to watch it along with the rest of my family and and it's because it's like boy i want to see that on a big screen and it's jurassic world but still i didn't see jurassic park 3 in the theater for whatever reason i was like i'm done (laughs) but uh you know i think more and more to vie for the audience's you know money and attention you have to show them something okay that's it i'll talk to you guys next week no i'm just like I get it for things like Solo. You know, I, I get that. In Rogue One, even. Um, Marvel movies, you know, all these things. I do get that. I feel like if there's one thing that can have some level of exception, it is an episode Star Wars movie. Yeah, because people are going to go see it on the basis of the title only. Yep. Yeah. I think but that's, that's only going to work for so long. I that's think. Yeah, true. Yeah, that, it will. It already has had diminishing returns and will continue to do so exponentially without the, with, uh, with the exceptions of like random surges here and there, unless there's another artificially or calculated and decided gap, you know, unless they like put it in the vault for 10 years and then come back to it or whatever. But, but, but like, I, I think that we also like, again, none of us, even Mark, because of how, young you were you know when you saw the ot and the trill the original trilogy in the the theaters and me especially as a freaking infant you know it's like these things are so in our brains but it was the reveal of vader was spoiled for people you know not a lot because the internet wasn't around but for some people the original 
you know, the book was art was out in December, you know, when the movie was out in May. It's like spoilers have never been a thing until internet culture. Not the way they are now. People didn't like to be spoiled necessarily, but it's like I don't know. If a mystery is a satisfying story, it doesn't matter if you know the result or if you predict the result because it's the journey that's satisfying, not the surprise at the end. I agree. And, and it's kind Otherwise, of Otherwise, it's a bad Shyamalan movie and not a good one. <laughs> no, honestly, it's kind of funny though that you point that out about Vader because like, you're right. There were a limited, just because of exposure, a limited number of people who knew about that. But... Harrison Ford wasn't even one of them. He didn't even know going into the movie that that would be <laughs> that, the case. That, that's pretty great. Because like, well, because like you said, like you know, the internet, all this kind of stuff. It wasn't the culture, and it wasn't an option at that time. Um, and, and yeah, so I guess just like we were saying, like people will go to see this movie just because it's Star Wars Episode Nine. At the but you're right. It, it's you can't count on that, and that's not going to take them into the future. And I guess that just kind of from the way I think about it brings me back to this is partly why. JJ, I don't think it's going to be the same kind of mystery box, but that's why I think he's going to, again, be in such control of the marketing and everything like he usually is to try to, because he, he is a pretty darn good master of hype. You know, so I feel like the title combined with what he's going to be able to do to get excitement going, we'll see, of course, we'll see how it goes. But I know he also said not that long ago that he is super excited about this story because he felt a little, this is according to him, he felt a little bit tied for The Force Awakens because there's so much he had to do with that movie. Uh, But now because of the way that The Last Jedi went, he can do whatever he wants, essentially. So really? Well, kind of. I mean, like, because moving to the future, he's not tied to any of the previous movies at this point. What are you talking about? How Wait, how is he tied? Not, there's not like a certain trajectory he has to follow right. through with. He he can go That's however. What, I think what Tim is trying to say. Well, like he can make he can do an immediate follow up to the last shot. He can do it in three years. Like at this point, he can make whatever kind of Star Wars movie he wants to make and make it work. I don't think so. Like how is he constrained? I, would you say? Well, besides the fact that uh, Snoke's dead. Uh, Carrie Fisher passed away. Uh, Luke Skywalker is, you know, a ghost. Um, you're not. There's it's a... not open ended to when. It's not open ended to when he wrote Force Awakens. You know, he yeah. had to fit things in a certain box. But you know, the ramifications of Last Jedi have really, I think, changed what's happening. Well, uh, yeah, and no. You've got the... Most of the resistance. You've got most of the resistance in basically the span of, I don't know how many days from Force Awakens until the end of Last Jedi, but in essentially less than a month, let's just say, you've got everything wiped out. Well, that, that's kind of my point. But you're boxed in. Well, that's what, like, I understand, like, the consequence of everything in Last Jedi, but like you said, like, Luke and Leia not being able to be there, that means he's not having to do their stories in the future now. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. But you, you're assuming that he doesn't want those things. Like, like I. And- no, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying at this time, his options are where. And again, this is kind of what he said too. He's like, now I can do what, whatever we need to. I forget the exact quote. This was a few months ago. I love your attitude, but I feel like it's a really blue sky thing. You could apply to anything. It's like, well. Like I have no control over my life, but I have this one thing going 
for me, so I can do whatever I want in that way. <laughs> like, 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 like I, you, you know what I mean? Like, like, I do see what you're saying, and I know you're going off what he said, but it feels like I get what Mark's saying too, because it feels like that's just a reach to some extent. Like, you can say my house burned down in a fire, but now I have the option to move wherever I want. Yeah, no, I'm unemployed, so I could do whatever I want. <laughs> Nobody loves me, so I have no commitment, so I can do whatever but like, I want. But like, this is what we said after Last Jedi. Part of what we liked about it was how it sets the future to be whatever they want it to be. Tim, not, I, right? I get what you're saying. I mean, do I don't think there's an infinite number of possibilities. Well, no. There, were, oh, no. there wasn't for the Force Weekends either. I mean, oh, there sure. wasn't even for, you know... Making remaking the Star Wars trilogy, I, I, but I feel like I think I think in a creative sense, he can pretty much do whatever, no. like his artistic interpretation and all that. <laughs> he could put as many lens flares on that thing as he wants. I like this. This is this this is my favorite kind of, of, of one of our episodes where there's a point where like you and Tim agree, Mark feels vehemently differently. I'm right down the middle of it all. Shockingly <laughs> enough, Jared is agreeable to everyone's opinion. Well, I I do see what both of you guys are saying, but like I get, I totally get what you're saying, Mark. Is like he has more freedom. He doesn't have all the freedom in the world, but he has more than he did with the Force Awakens. What? I disagree. I disagree. Well, okay. Well, I, I guess I guess the because the, the thing Force is. Awakens, had to be safe enough to get people to feel okay because people are so so protective of Star Wars they want to keep it under lock and key put it in a bubble and make sure it never leaves the house like they're oh, like that. people are like overprotective parents with this movie franchise and you like think it, you think it's better now than it was with the Force Awakens yeah. you, you, I mean I, I think th- there's a small group of really obnoxious people but I think oh sure the majority of people who are just like regular moviegoers don't like they liked them and they went and saw them you know there's a fair there's a fair number of people that i know that that weren't that thrilled with the last jedi and there's a fair number of people i know that that these are people that aren't on twitter that liked it so yeah you know, I, I don't know i twitter amplifies everything sadly it does and yeah, to be no, fair I too i feel like last uh, i feel like uh, um force awakens is aged both in like the general viewership and in the fandom, better over time, because like when it came out, when it when it came out, it wasn't divisive. But I mean, you guys have to remember, we can't pretend that there wasn't a lot of people. Not like they weren't jerks and idiots about it. Like some of the people who are down on the Last Jedi are not not even close to all of them, but you know some. But there were just a lot of voices that were like. This is just a redo of A New Hope. This is such a redo. It was so unoriginal. Like I remember, and they were mostly it not, took about a month though. I th- think it's just because I was just going to say, like most of those were not big Star Wars fans. They were super casual Star Wars fans who felt that way. I I think for the for the most part, at least that I saw, so they were kind of over it. They weren't seeing the movie multiple times. They weren't super into it. I knew a few people who were kind kind of felt that way, who were really into the fandom, and I know of I know several people like. I don't know probably more than a handful of people who have big problems with the last jedi just really didn't enjoy it or just or didn't enjoy aspects of it even though they still love star wars and you know even though they are pretty huge fans they just didn't didn't really like it and not for any of the screwed up reasons but they're also not like you know again they're not jerks about it they're not 
sexist or saying that Kelly Marie Tran, you know, she like bragging about getting her off Twitter or whatever. You know, they're not monsters. So they just don't like things about the movie. But well, I, I mean, there was the whole raise of Mary Sue thing with after the Force Awakens. Yeah, and but they, that was a very they specific did drive group of jerks, right? I mean, Daisy Ridley off Instagram and Twitter. They did, and I've seen people recently being like, "Daisy didn't quit because of the bullies. You know, she quit because of this other thing." But well, it was recently, bullies, and it was like a lot of like creepy guys, I think, too. Like she would post her like workouts, and people would be like, "Super gross." Oh, yeah, like disgusting. Like, well, she even alone. said recently in an interview that. It was like the jerks and trolls were part of it, you know, and and, like before she had said they weren't. But it's like, of course, they were part of it. It, Like they probably weren't the whole thing is probably mostly what she said about like just wanting to get off social media because like it's not great for all of us. It's got to be bad when you're under that kind of microscope. The people who I feel worst for, honestly, are like those kids in uh, Stranger Things or, or, or it or like any of those actors that age. They're like 13 to 15 or whatever who are on Twitter. Because yeah. they get, because they get creep, creepo adults. They get trolls. They get weirdos. It's just like, like, uh, um, what's her name? Millie Bobby Brown. Did you guys see she quit Twitter because people were using yeah. her as a meme, where she's just saying like they had had her like, with speech bubbles or with captions, just saying like the most homophobic crap, like just like vile, hateful language, and it was just like some weird joke that I think was. Half being used by homophobes and half being used or, or partially being used by some part of the online gay community, which is kind of weird. I don't really get that part. But, but no, but it's like she's just freaking barely a teenager. She was just tween, you know? It's like, come on, man. That's not cool. Just because she's on TV doesn't mean we should be like total jerks to her all the time. I almost said the variation on ass that we're not allowed to say, Tim, but I <laughs> censored myself. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. I agree. Oh, uh, the one stupid fandom thing I wanted to bring up was the uh, let's remake The Last Jedi, guys. Oh. I mean... Did, I did you care. see where they tweeted something about how, like, see, even the director wants it? Did you see that? Yeah, I did not I'm, see that part. Come on. Those, all those guys ultimately want is attention, and I refuse to give it to them. So, next. Oh, well, Along the line of what, of what Andrea said, and I started thinking about this today, uh-huh. is that you know when did when did uh, when did feeding the trolls become a good thing? Because that's all we're doing now. Yeah. You know, all we're doing now is is paying attention to what these these a holes say or these idiots retweet, or or we're giving them attention, and that's all that they want. Why are we not just avoiding all this and just continuing to talk about the good things, the positive things? Why are we even feeding into it? I don't, I don't understand when that became a thing. Yeah. I, I mean, why why not just lock them out, shut them out? You know, usually the, if someone usually if somebody's just being a total total piece of crap, I'll just block them. Occasionally, if they're being mean to someone I care about, I'll like be I'll kind of tell them why I think they're being an ass and then either mute them or block them or whatever. But if somebody's being just an outright troll, that's what I tend to do. Cause I think you're right. Stuff is now though. Well, and, and like when it is like a clickbait thing or an attention seeking thing, like these remake the Jedi guys, I've been trying for the past like couple months to screenshot it rather than retweet it or or quote tweet it because I'm okay with shining a light on them being idiots 
I think we should we should do that to some extent, but give like you said, giving them the attention, giving them the retweets and the, the clicks. It's like that's only gonna they don't un, that's the thing. Whether they're thirteen or seventy four, whoever's doing this, these people don't understand the difference between positive and negative attention. That is definitely. I'm sure they have multiple things going on, but that's something that I'm well, certain it, of, you know? Nine times out of ten, they have a YouTube channel anyways, and they're trying to do anything that they can to get people to look at their YouTube channel. Or so, there's some Baba Booey wannabe, like, yeah. like, Internet Howard Stern fan of those guys. Like, like, they're like, oh, I'm your sidekick, you know, I'm the guy in the comment section, and he mentions me sometimes on his stupid YouTube conspiracy theory videos. Oh, or whatever, dude, you know, like, those dude, jerks. I don't even want to name who you're talking about. I know but exactly you know who talking. I'm talking about because we uh, see them all the time. <laughs> like, like, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, no, I feel badly for how much sometimes these guys do get under my skin. But occasionally they say something so hateful and vile it bugs me. And like, like Amanda was saying today, like you know, it's just Twitter, so she doesn't let it get you know doesn't let her bug her too much, and it doesn't really matter. And I'm like, that's the best attitude because it's true. But at the same time, like some of these people. I get why people like you know respond to guys who like dox people and whatnot because they because they're backed into a corner and they're angry. But like maybe even more so on some of those cases, like we just need to block those people, cut off their access as much as we can, and like you know maybe if for a little while everybody's got locked profiles. That's why I took my last name off uh, off my Twitter. It was like okay maybe I don't need everybody knowing uh, my last name, you know, because it it just takes one person to go I don't like your uh thought on star wars i'm gonna look and see who you are and where you work in your house and um it's like why why do i need to go through this crap yeah i've just been the great muppet jared for a while now <laughs> <laughs> secret of the ooze jared yeah yeah that is true oh oh oh! i figure we'll talk about jurassic uh jurassic world fallen kingdom i got it right this time <laughs> i called the lost world the last time um before we were recording <laughs> but I met Jeff Goldblum, everybody. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's cool as he's exactly as cool as Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> like he's he's one of those guys who is exactly how he seems uh, in movies and TV, and he's hilarious. Did you get a hug? Pr- I did. I think he's probably pretty wow. high the whole time, but he was very cool, and he recognized uh, my friend Laura from the last time she came, and. She and our friend Jess were wearing matching rainbow sweaters with cats on them that he wore. And Laura brought a photograph, like an 8 by 10 of him from this photo shoot wearing this thing. So he held it and took a picture with them, and I did as well. And, uh, and no, he's, uh, he's very cool and charming and funny. And he, uh, he did a Chewbacca impersonation that most people didn't mm. know what he was doing but i was like come on guys that's chewbacca clearly because he was talking about a movie that was in the th- in theaters and he said i'm gonna do a line of dialogue from a movie that's in theaters and, and he just kind of like roared and people were thinking that it was jurassic world i'm like no no guys that's chewbacca <laughs> but uh it was a it was a highlight definitely of the last like several weeks or so it was a lot of fun and he's incredibly cool that's good it's nice when you meet somebody that you that you like and they don't turn out to be an a-hole it, it, yeah, absolutely. And I, he does these small gigs, and I think they're really hard to do just because they sell out quickly. But he uh, he like he takes time out. I guess this time he'd been out of town for a little while doing promotion for Lost World. So or not, I guess I, I got there it wrong. We go again. No. <laughs> uh, 
uh, uh, for next Jurassic World. Uh, because of that, he wanted to get home early. But usually he'll stop. He, like, he stopped and took all these pictures with people during the intermission. But I guess usually he'll do the same thing after the show and like stay for like you know 45 minutes afterward, just take pictures and video with people and leave the answering machine messages. And it's like all the stuff you want celebrities to do. But uh, he, has a, he has a couple young kids, so he wanted to get home because he'd been out of town. And, but he still, he still took like half hour you know, to give the guys a break in the middle of their set because uh, he has a jazz uh, – he's part of a jazz quintet. He plays piano. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. He did, did movie trivia and like bar trivia in between songs. And uh, it's just he's a very weird dude. But That's fun. He should be in a Star Wars movie. He should. He could be – He would be he, a cool alien. He's, he pretty much is the character from uh, uh, Thor. He pretty much is great. So um, a couple things that I just wanted to kind of get to and make sure we cover before we do talk about Jurassic World or anything. Um, yes. Number one, and they're both kind of, well, well just, number one is uh, StarWars.com posted today um, regarding the next Thrawn book. Did anybody hear anything about that? There was a post an excerpt that everybody yeah. I know who read it loved. Yes. <laughs> and they posted a picture where it looks like a very nice uh, painting with a very nice likeness of Hayden Christensen. And Thrawn looks like younger than he has in other pictures, yeah. even like the one for the previous book. But he looks kind of cool. Like he uh, looks tough. tough. Tough Thrawn next to Anakin. Yeah, so basically, like at the top of the article about that has the excerpt, it just says, in this exclusive preview from the forthcoming book, the young general meets the future Grand Admiral during a mission far from home. So it covers them meeting the first time, and I believe, I'm not sure if it's like a flashback or what, but my understanding is that in the book, it references uh, Vader and uh, Thrawn going on a mission, and it, it might be that there's like a flashback to when Anakin and Thrawn met for the first time. I'm not sure um but yeah it, it just it looks great and yeah the the art that goes with it is like super cool <laughs> I, I love that so I just have to point that out cuz that's a it's a not- notable thing um let's see and then the uh oh that's cool see i'm i'm scrolling down it has a a picture from uh throne alliances on the top of that and it's a, basically the same painting except it's grand admiral throne instead of young Thrawn and it's Vader instead of Anakin in the same poses and everything. So that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So there's that. And then the other thing I want to mention, it really is more into just like rumor territory, but again, especially with the previous conversation about the spinoffs, it's worthy of mentioning. Um, I did see that. I think it was the sun had a, an article. Um, and this is, of course, everywhere you read it, it has one of those take this with like a huge grain of salt, if not like a, a boulder of salt or whatever. Huge. Yeah. They, they, everyone's saying that. I'm like, I, I get it. Anyway, so <laughs> they are saying that there's a, a potential cameo for episode nine. Um, and it and so I, I guess, again, if you're wanting to be completely away from the remote ideas of what might happen with this grain of salt rumor, then you might not want to hear this part. But basically... Um, they're saying that uh, Ewan McGregor might show up physically, not just his voice, but he might actually be in episode nine. Um, don't know any verification for that or anything, but just it's making the rounds now, so it's worthy of mentioning on a show like this that that is a potential thing. Um, 
so I guess just wanted to cover those two things, and now you can talk about dinosaurs if you want. Hey, real quick, you you know darn well that I want a Boba Fett movie more than just about anybody. Yes, but I but I honestly think that if you gotta go with a if you gotta go with a, a anthology film or a, a Star Wars story film, the money's probably gonna be with Obi Wan. Yeah, because even even the people who didn't really like the prequels liked Ewan McGregor. Right. Yeah. So we we're just talking about like he's so charming, Case right? Case in point. Well, over it's here. not even that. It's not even that. It's just that that he, he's Obi Wan Kenobi. That you know the whole convincing somebody that uh, you know we, we it took time to convince people that that Alden Ehrenreich could be a Han, uh, Han Solo, but at this point we don't need to be convinced that you know, McGregor can do a good job. You know, he, he's a name. He's played the character many times. So I think ultimately it would be. It's probably your best bet if you want to make some money off something. Well, and I mean, I'm trying to think. How old was he in in Attack or not Attack of the Clones in Phantom Menace? I know his character was 25. Was he older? Hold up. <laughs> Tim's clickety clacking with his. I hear your keyboard. Yeah, his character was supposed to be 25. That's stupid. You think? Yeah, it takes you that long to become a uh, to become a knight. A Jedi? Yeah, I think you... that's why he was so pissed off. Yeah, I think he was. From what I'm seeing, it looks like he was 28. So he was wasn't too much older. But I was just thinking, like, but you think about that compared to what was it? 57 is how old uh, um, Sir Alec was. I think. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> when we first met him. Uh, it's something like that. It's it's like in either that or early 60s. But it's like. Uh, I'm just thinking like that age difference is so big, whether it's the character or which isn't as big or the, the, the actors, it'd be like, like one of the things that Aaron, like, it'd be like if we cast Han and it was like, you met Han at three, you know, (laughs) it'd be a lot easier to handle a three-year-old just be like, yeah, no, that's, I could see any brunette little boy, you know, (laughs) you know, so it looks like in episode four, Obi-Wan's supposed to be 57. Alec Guinness was 63. I said early 60s and 57 was part of my guess. Yeah. <laughs> so do the math, Tim. How old is he supposed to be in Phantom Menace? 29 subtract- years earlier. Was it 29 years earlier? Okay, so. 57, he's 26. Stupid. Right? <laughs> not you, not you, Jerry. Well, well, I, I get it. <laughs> I, I was the bearer of bad news. <laughs> right? No, no, wait. Because there's a 19, well, there's an extra three. So, yeah, no, I'm right. Uh, a three, he'd be 24. Yeah. Still, that's too Still. old, right? That's way Still, too old. I mean, it, it's like, what's what's the what's the difference? You know? That's too old, right? You've been uh, so. If you think about it, what is uh, what what's Anakin complaining about, anyways? Then, yeah, how he's, old is he, he's nineteen. Yeah, Obi Wan, can you just shut up? Look at me. I was like twenty six. I was twenty six, and I started younger than you. So stop being a little brat. Oh no, I guess <laughs> he's tra- I, no, he's twenty three in Revenge of the Sith, and or twenty two. They're about so I get him being upset though because of Ahsoka, but only with that added context. 
because Maybe. I could see. Well, well, I just think uh, that's the thing I like the most about the Clone Wars is the added context between that and the whole Racco Hardeen faking Obi Wan's death thing. I think between that and and them yeah. first kicking out Ahsoka when he still wanted to vouch for her and and like forcing his hand and making him go along with it, and then afterward being like, "Oh, psych! That was just your final trial, Ahsoka." And if she had accepted it, because she was a knight, that would have meant he went on to master, and then the whole plot of Revenge of the Sith would have been avoided somewhat. But on like the technicality of her rejecting it. He still hasn't successfully trained a Padawan, which is his last trial to become a knight or whatever, or, or, or to move on from a knight to a master. It's like, screw you guys. <laughs> well, like, screw you guys. Because they also just faked his best friend slash father figure slash, you know, uh, you know Obi-Wan's death, you know, like like just a couple weeks before that crap. Like, it's, this is, he went through an emotional roller coaster. And plus, one other difference between like Obi Wan's. This is getting like super in world here, but um, but like Obi Wan's progression and uh, Anakin's like promotion progression is the whole wartime difference and how they were getting promoted and moving up faster in Anakin's time than they were because with Obi Wan, you know, when this was all starting, he was already at that point that we're talking about with Episode One. So I mean, I I have no idea if that's supposed to be in Anakin's mind or not, but I'm like maybe he's just seeing a lot of peers moving up sooner or something and expect compares himself more to his peers than to Obi-Wan. I just, I just think that, that here's, here's the big, here's the big discrepancy between the prequels and, and anything after um, you've got what essentially is probably 20 years of training to become a Jedi Knight. And then an Empire yeah, right? Strikes Back, and then the Last Jedi. It's like eh, three days. You're a Jedi. Okay, go <laughs> go go kill somebody. Yeah, no. Luke distilled that crap into three lessons. Like, right. like he's like, I got I got you down. Like all that other stuff. I read these books. It is mostly bloat. <laughs> like, it is well, like... yeah. In in even in even in Empire, you're like, okay. I mean, I've seen the thing where they say, well. We don't know how long Luke was on Dagobah. It's like yeah, so. so let's say it's me? a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, 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 what's the what is our like on the uh you know conservatively it's a week liberally what is it like a month Hab- tops. Hidalgo was express was was uh, saying it was months. Well, but what? then you have to go. Okay, I don't understand. How long were they hanging out in the Millennium Falcon? Because that thing honestly has to smell ripe if they're in there for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, months. Right. Mo- they're hiding out before the Cloud City, Cloud City for months. That feels like nonsense, and I feel like Hidalgo knows it. I'm calling you out. You'll never hear this, Pablo, but I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to like tweet you tomorrow. Like I heard that. That would be amazing. That would be <laughs> amazing. I would be every- really happy of for whoever Lucasfilm's job it is to like review fan media or whatever. I'm sure that. <laughs> Like the FBI, whenever certain things are said, they're like, "Did you record that?" They have like that whole like whopper system that just. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of war games. Yeah. No, but I got you. They pick up, you know, they pick up the. You forget what it was called. Words. War games is good. Yes, it is. I I legit like named my first computer Joshua. You know how you like give your computer names. You're probably trying to kill people too. Uh, n- not on that second part. Um, but you know, you know, you do that. Like, it's like, Hey, name your computer. Right. 
But Tim, your first computer was also your child because you're a robot. Get it? Joshua was, was <laughs> How can you not get it? You just explained it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. Some people. Andrea's sleeping over there. She's like, what's I'm war games? I'm not sleeping. What's war games? What's She's what? Too busy ta- you're too busy tweeting about Chuck Schumer to... Uh, oh, God. He's so annoying. <laughs> Anyways, that was the diversion. Is she going to stay on for our uh, Jurassic World conversation? Uh, no, I am not. I haven't seen it yet, and I would not like to be spoiled. You're going to cry. Right. Well, well, should, we, should we say goodnight then to Andrea, then move on to the end of our program where we spoil random stuff? I, I want to talk a little bit about Incredibles 2. Now I won't spoil much. Oh, no. Nope. Good night, everybody. Blake wants her back anyway, so. Oh, can we? Bye. You want to stay on so you can not talk to him? She left him. I'm negotiating with him now. Oh, yeah, she left. Oh, well. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, you guys go about Jurassic uh, Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom. I can get it right two times out of three. (laughs) Can I curse? Oh, you can't say ass plus the other thing? Well, just don't go on a rant because it just makes it harder, but at this point I have to do some stuff anyway, so go ahead. I'm just saying that that scene is effed up. Emotionally, the the brachiosaur on the pier is effed up. That hurt. There's a sad sad thing with the brachiosaurus. Did you see the movie or no? I have not yet. Oh, then why are we going to spoil it? I don't mind for this one. I, I might not see it in theaters. I, like I'll, I'll definitely see it, but I'm not like I don't see that many movies in theaters. Fine, then Jared. Jared, it's the brachiosaur from the first movie what? where the theme from Jurassic Park, you know, comes out. Yeah, yeah. He gets left behind as the lava comes, and he's a sad little dinosaur on a pier. What? And, That's so sad. Does it play and the music? He died. Yes, but but behind like this sad music, you hear the little theme. As he dies, Jared, and is engulfed in lava and smoke. And because, like, you know, like the first dinosaur you see in the original one is the Brachiosaurus, and he goes up on its hind legs to get the leaves, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, here at this part, they'll kind of see its shadow going up on its hind legs. Because oh, he's trying to avoid the lava, sorry. <laughs> That's, there's some movie, I don't remember what it's called. Oh, Dog Days. That's it. It has like 18 actors. It, I, I, I could have sworn. It was by Gary Marshall, but he passed away, so it couldn't have been by him. But uh, it, was, it was like like those movies, like Valentine's Day, or you know, you know the, the, all those movies with a hundred people. It was like all these people own dogs, or friends of people who own dogs. Like, oh, oh, it's gonna be a bunch of the stuff where dogs get together, and like it's it, it's probably sweet and cute or whatever. But it the commercial or the trailer for it felt like emotionally manipulative and that's exactly what this scene sounds like to me no, <laughs> like, it's just like no it's not it's really cool. not but it was like it was it was fitting it was it was poignant and it, it brought like uh uh i'm not gonna I hope nobody looks at me that's why i'm sitting there going please don't anyone in my family look at me right now don't look at me i'm just i'm staring at the screen i got little tears in my eyes it was, it's sad. It's really sad. The movie's great. I don't know what people are complaining about. Uh, you, you know, I, I constantly see. I, I think people, as, as much as as much as people have a, a a penchant for crapping on Ryan Johnson, boy, do other type of people love to crap on uh, Trevorrow. Well, people 
people pay the Trevoros. It's the last Jurassic World. And, and yeah, no, you're absolutely it right. Is, it's like, like, it's just, you see it in the reviews. You know, horrible writer. It's like, what? <laughs> it's a guy a break. Well, not only, I, I actually thought it was written well, this movie. So did I. And, and and really, when you look at something like this, too, when you look at, like, I forget what the uh, the critics gave it. I think it was a 60 or 70-something. I, I don't know, on Rotten Tomatoes. But then you see what the cinema, the cinema score is like A-, minus, which means the audience generally disagrees with, you know, what the critics think. That cracks me up on some level, too, just, like, it's because of all that press about him on, on some level. Like, like not to diminish people's actual opinions, but just the fact that people mention it in the articles, like like mention the bad writing. That's definitely we know that's influenced by it. And it makes me think of the uh, there's a line in Thirty Rock where they're talking about a competing movie because the one character is making a Janis Joplin biopic, and we're like this other one's going to be starring Julia Roberts and it's going to be directed by Steven Spielberg and written by the greatest screenwriter in Hollywood. Whoever that is, is what Billy Bush says on like extra or whatever. And it's just like, because unless there's, unless they're, unless they are the biggest, you know, name. Yikes. Or like a, pardon, I have a, an emergency nearby, apparently. Uh, unless they're the biggest name or a celebrity, you know, who's also an actor or a huge director as well or whatever, like most people don't know who wrote you know, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. I do because I'm a nerd, but, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So big movies, a lot of times people have no idea who, who writes them. The only reason why people know who wrote these movies is because there's bad press around, uh, around him, I think, you know, yeah. like, but the, the, the bad press, I don't know. The bad press is, is, is largely manufactured. And I say that because it's in, it's inside Hollywood press. You know what I mean? It's like it's not even it's you don't like that he made the girl run in uh, in in heels. Well, and I think part of it is is the whole is the way to save face with with a retraction or a change in decision. It's not a bad thing, but it's a way to change the narrative or control the narrative with the NDAs and everything. I think we talked about this uh, with both him and Floyd and Miller, you know, exiting from Lucasfilm. It's like they have people say, oh, he couldn't work with with Kathleen Kennedy. I hear he can't listen to those strong women. And then the other one with, with like Lord and Miller, it's like, oh, one. Per- There's no way more than one person. No one suggested that more than one person said that it was Ace Ventura-esque under them. And yet that became the thing that everyone gravitated towards. It's like it. You know, and somebody either lied and manufactured those stories wholesale, or somebody broke their NDAs. And I feel like either way, they were like someone small enough that it wouldn't get back, you know, uh, in- incidental enough that it wouldn't have huge consequences. And it's just a couple people's words are are used to frame the entire narrative. And you got to look at them; they they make it look like Lucasfilm made the definite right choices because those guys would have just messed it up. You know, like, and, and I think that that has to do with it. Plus, you know, I, I think there are legitimate criticisms of of, uh, of the first one, uh, but I don't think like. Well, Tim, Tim and I were talking about about Trevorrow, you, you know, and obviously we were we really like Jurassic World and the second one. And so we're a little bit more forgiving of of him. But he really got railroaded with the whole, you know, the whole um, 
firing or replacement on, uh, you know, on Star Wars. You know, bottom line, you look at it, and if they're hiring him for, you know, if he's going to direct the next one, and it's a Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, well, I don't know about Kathleen Kennedy, but it's a Frank Marshall production. He's married to Kathleen Kennedy. Obviously, he wasn't offensive to her if they're going to keep him going. But we talked about that then. Like, it didn't make, that didn't right. make any sense at all. Well, <laughs> even now with him getting rehired, it, it, you know, not, even now with him getting rehired, it's like it, it never made sense in the first place. And they've just backed it up that it was a bunch of BS. I, I, I tend to agree with that. And like, like, I don't, I understand why a lot of people didn't, or even dislike the movies. I, I think for me, they were sort of my favorite, but I feel like you got to look at the Jurassic Park movies and just other than the ones by Spielberg, they are the best ones. <laughs> like, like, that's not to say, even if you don't like them, I think that's kind of indisputable. You know, it's better than the one with, you know, gymnast. Adopt the daughter stuff. Like not the actress was bad, but just the story. You know, the con- the plot convenience. Well, and that's of, that's uh, kind of one of the things I wanted to point out about Fallen Kingdom. Um, is that I feel like going back to the way it's written and the thought behind it, I feel like this was really good at getting back to the heart of what Spielberg did with the first one. Um, and that he does with that and with Jaws and a, a lot of his movies like that are. It seems like the movies are about the animal, like the shark or the dinosaurs or whatever, but it's the story is really about the people and the fighting of the people and escalation and all that and just the animal or whatever is what instigates it, right? So, Absolutely. So I feel like that was also at the heart of this one where it was really about people and their... I don't, I don't know how to put it. it was just their interactions and such. And it was instigated by the, the, the dinosaurs. And at the same time, every Jurassic Park movie after the first one is all about escalating fallout from the first one. Right? So at, at this point, it's hard to take a movie that's already had uh, three sequels, do a fourth sequel to it, continue to escalate it, have it not be too fantastical that you're rolling your eyes and still make it about the people. It's just, it's a little bit of a tall order to pull off successfully. And I thought it was pulled off successfully. And um, I don't know. I I thought it was a good writing job. And there were a couple moments that kind of made you smile in reference to uh, the first one. Um, But yeah, I I just, it was, it was a good entertaining movie as a follow up to Jurassic world, not as a sequel three years later, but just as a follow up to the story of the first one. Yeah. I don't know the, the whole the whole thing the whole thing is great, and and I'm excited to see where they go and it, and this really feels like a bookend, you know, for the first time, to to what you know the very first movie. So it's interesting. I, I hope more people see it, but it, it's already seemed to have uh, been enough for them to be proud of it or excited by it. So yeah, it's like someone said, Michael Giacchino is having a great weekend between that and Incredibles yeah. too. <laughs> Well, they said I think the movie was only supposed to make like they're tracking it to be 130 million and ended up doing 150. They even made sure that you knew it did 150 and 1,000 dollars, 150, 150 million, 1,000 dollars, something like that, or 150 million, 100,000. You know, they're very specifically want you to know what it made. <laughs> which you know, it did much better than tracking. So, which uh, real quick though, Jared, you said you did see The Incredibles, right? I did. I very much enjoyed it. Want to elaborate? <laughs> yeah, no, it was excellent, and so was the short before it, uh, Bow, was very, very sweet. 
And uh, part of it kind of cracked me up because there's a young man in it who looks like my friend Charlie, like looks just like just like a cartoon version of him. And the whole thing is like a metaphor for uh, his really this this guy's mom's relationship with him and like him growing up and leaving. And it's really beautifully done, but it's like it sounds like my friend Charlie and his relationship with his mom, and and it looks like him too, and it's kind of hilarious. And now I have to find it, like I have to see if he's seen it yet and what he says about it if he has. <laughs> I'm positive he'll have mentioned it uh, if if he's seen it. But um, it was good, and The Incredibles two was awesome. Uh, I didn't really know anything about like the plot specifically, but I really enjoyed it. All the acting was great. I think Catherine Keener was in it. I think that was one of the voices. I know Bob yeah. Odenkirk was in it. Um, Jack Jack is great. I knew he would be. I knew I would love him in it, but he was he was great. Uh, Samuel Jackson was great as always. And whoever they got to do Dash, because I don't think it's the. I mean, I don't think it's the same Can't guy. Be. It's not right because it was a kid before. It wasn't wasn't a woman or a man doing a kid voice like it was definitely a little kid so like, yeah and, and they got another kid this time yeah well because well, i know violet was sarah vowell who's like an it was like an npr lady and an author and like isn't a uh, uh usually a voice actress or an actor at all but she did an amazing job as uh as violet in both the original and this and like you know because she is you know, grown woman who just it didn't really change her voice that much. It wasn't any different, and she she did a great job again for sure. I always love Jodie Foster, and Craig T. Nelson is like perfect as Mister Incredible, and you know it was really funny Jody, and Jody really Foster? Great. What? Said Jodie Foster? What was she? Doing? Isn't that who it is? Oh no, right? No, it's Jodie Foster. Oh, it's the it's the lookalike. <laughs> The one from the movie you hate. It's from Batman Superman. I forget her name. Uh, it's uh, someone that ate Holly. Holly, Holly Hunter. Hunter. No, I always get them confused. And, and there's one of my favorite movies uh, from like not not like childhood, but like I guess teenage dumb uh, and on. Or I guess the between dumb and on uh, was Home for the Holidays, which is starring Holly Hunter and uh, Robert Downey Jr. as her brother and Charles Durning I think plays their dad. And it's like it's I think oh who else me and that. Benning is no, no, not that Benning. Uh, somebody great as the mom, but no, there's always like really good actors. Uh, Dylan McDermott is in it. Uh, I'm trying to think, but there's there's a ton of really excellent actors in it. It's super funny and quirky, and it's about a family coming home for Thanksgiving, and it's directed by Jodie Foster. And as a kid, like I always thought. But it was like done intentionally to mess with me. <laughs> like the fact that it was starring Holly Hunter and directed by Jodie Foster, because they look a lot alike, and uh, they always remind me of each other. No, she's amazing. Uh, everybody was great. Um, trying to think, any other actors that are like big in it that I was missing? Oh, I can't remember. I have to look it up. Somebody replaced the guy who was their handler because he was an old Pixar animator named Bud Lucky. And I'm curious just to see who it was. They, they I did swear a good it was job. the guy from. I swear it's the guy from uh, Breaking Bad and. Uh... Oh, the other guy. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Banks, right? Yeah, I think so. I bet you're right. Sure before, felt like it. Before it was Bud Lucky, and it didn't sound the same as that guy, but it, you could. It was good enough, you know. Like. Uh, yeah. I enjoy. I enjoyed the movie. It was. I'm not over the moon about it. 
It didn't yeah, have... I mean, it's not my top, like, I don't know. Somebody pointed out there's like 19 or 20 Pixar movies or something, I think, now. You know, I, so... I, saw, I saw a list I think Nerdist put out, and while I definitely disagree with some of it, and then I think at the bottom I saw Finding the last one they had was Finding Dory, and I was like, are yeah. you kidding me? They had There's Cars no 2. They had Cars 2. Not just Cars, but Cars 2 <laughs> above Finding Dory. I'm sorry, yeah. Tim. That really makes me want to swear I won't. Because <laughs> like, like, come on. I think their number one is Incredibles, and I might even agree. Like, It's hard. I think I oh, like I Up and Incredibles right. about as much as each other, and I like Toy Story a lot. I, 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 it's hard, but you know what I mean? I hate to pick a favorite for sure, but Incredibles is so Finding Dory is not, not the even, last on that list. No, not even close. I it, Finding Dory might be in the top ten, like for me. Like, yeah, we we can all agree that at the bottom is probably a couple cars. of the Cars movies and uh, and uh, Good Dinosaur. I, Good Dinosaur probably. I haven't seen. Is there a Cars three? Is there a car, there is a Cars three? And I, I all I know is that the trailer was dark as hell. Like, it, so, <laughs> like, it looks like it, yeah. it looks like he dies. It looks like, like they kill off Lightning McQueen in the first ten minutes. I don't know what happens, but I maybe that's why I haven't seen it because as much as I don't like Cars and it's one of my least favorite, on some level I love it, and here's why. Let <laughs> me take a second. You guys know how much I love Michael J. Fox. Doc Hollywood is an amazing movie. Shut up. You already knew, right? I love that movie so much. It's the same exact story, Tim, as Doc Hollywood. It is the same story. Owen Wilson is playing Michael J. Fox's character. He's a Hollywood uh, plastic surgeon. He gets stranded in a small town and finds that he, he loves the small town as he finds himself inside of it. And uh, <laughs> I want to I move to that town. And it's, it is basically Radiator Springs. <laughs> Only, like... Uh, you know, instead of having the uh, the guy who is the uh, you know the military surplus army jeep, uh, it's like Woody Harrelson is in it. It's, it's comic relief. It's like a cowboy hillbilly. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and it has full frontal nudity, but it's non-sexual. So that that stuff was PG. So my parents took me to see that in a theater because they knew I loved Michael J. Fox when I was like seven, and that was mind blowing. I was like, because it was it was like you know. 25 feet tall and it was it was uh, when he slept and uh, with some giant uh like magical blanket where when you see it you when you sleep with it you'll see your true love in your dreams so he saw this this girl who owned a pig in the town and in his dreams and that is bonnie hunt's car in uh in in cars <laughs> it's the same woman so well. tim seat doc hollywood <laughs> That's, that's that's your mission. Next week we're gonna talk. We're gonna all talk about Doc Hollywood. Well, I mean, because this I, is what happens when there's no Star Wars. Well, <laughs> I was saying, having not seen that, the I, I did really like the first uh, Cars movie. The second one, not so much, but the first one was good. But I I don't have that to compare it to. Oh man, you'd love it even more. Uh, <laughs> and the third is just a it's a reversal of the first. Yeah. I don't think I've seen the third one yet, so the third the third is the third is very predictable. Uh still a good movie. It, it was fun. I kinda um, like Bugs Life a lot. That's underrated, I, I think. I like Bugs Life a lot. I really liked uh Coco. I thought that was really good. Coco's the only one I haven't seen yet. I, oh, I, I highly recommend it. I, I was really I, I didn't want to like it, I think because it was so similar to 
uh, Book of Life. Yeah, that that turned me out. I was like, okay, I don't need to. But uh, I I really love um, the uh, the artist um, Jorge Gutierrez who made Book of Life, and I went out not this last Halloween, but the Halloween before, the weekend before, to Huntington Beach to go see uh, an art show of his. And like he's he's just an artist and animator, I really really appreciate and respect. And he gave it like his like utmost endorsement. And he doesn't really BS. Like when they first announced it, he kind of threw shade at them. Like he was like, "Hey, I've been developing this you know for eighteen months, but screw you." <laughs> you know? Like and but after he actually saw the premiere, he was like, "It was it was, it was amazing. Like they did a great job. Like they." pulled through and so I, I i don't think i would have seen it if he hadn't said that i think i would have been like screw you guys like but because he gave it his endorsement and it seemed really genuine and not like you know he was he hasn't worked for disney at all still so he has no he has no reason to lie but uh yeah uh i i, I highly recommend it i did think it was pretty good i guess the only ones i haven't seen are cars three and the good dinosaur yeah i have not I seen the good dinosaur the- either it's, uh, you know, it's it's okay. I think I've seen every other one. The, you know, nowadays, there's one that, that everybody. Good. No, so there's one that everybody loves, and I still haven't seen it yet. Um, uh Oh wait, inside out. It, no, is it? I'm, I can never remember if it's Pixar or, or DreamWorks. I think it's Pixar. Um, Moana. Oh, I was like that Pixar Mo- or was Moana that DreamWorks? That's just straight Disney. Oh, it's yeah, Disney. That's like a, ta- oh, okay. a tangled. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, I I haven't seen that one yet, so I heard it's good, but I oh, like great. Moana a lot. Yeah, I thought it was great too. The music is great, the rock is great. Jermaine Clement <laughs> is in it, so I I I was I approve. Okay, it it got to the point that there used to be Pixar and then everything else, and then you know Disney in their own studios started putting out quality, and and so is there. You know, I don't. Can't say all the other studios have been putting out quality, but because uh, we're getting Hotel Transylvania Part Three, but uh, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't find myself like I used to try and see every Pixar movie in the theater, and I just at some point I just stopped. I don't figure I catch it and catch it on uh, you know home video. I own most of them. I was the same way, actually. I got a really cool opportunity when I was in. I guess it was in junior high. But my friend, maybe in high, maybe it was a freshman in high school. I can't remember. But my friend Phil and I ended up going to see uh, a press screening before the premiere of Toy Story because a woman at my parents' church had three kids and she won them in a radio contest and it was just two tickets. She's like, I can't take one of them or they'd murder me and I can't go with my husband or they'd murder me. <laughs> like, there's no way I can do this. So. Uh, I babysitted. I ba- or I babysat for her. Yeah, so she was like, "Hey, you want these tickets?" I'm like, "Hell yes!" Uh, I love the animation and uh, like. So like, I don't know. Like, I think maybe after that and just Toy Story is great. You know, it's a great, it's a great movie, and it was so innovative at the time. Especially, I mean, before that, computer animation was so crappy, <laughs> so square and rough and bad, and it was just so good. I got you beat on that one, Jared. Huh? Toy Story test screening. Really? <laughs> that's it is, yeah. that's amazing. That one was pretty interesting. The best one though was the to- was the Hercules test screening. Cuz that thing was that thing wasn't even close to finished. Uh, w- the new Hercules one? The the old Disney Hercules. 
Oh, man, so you're I watching love... it and it, you're watching it and there's there's pencil uh, animation, or then you're watching it and it's storyboards. The dialogue's all there. Uh, same thing I saw How to Train Your Dragon that way, and uh, I I forget who was who did How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, it was is that DreamWorks? Because I think Katzenberg was in the audience. Yeah, I, I believe it that was, is DreamWorks. Yeah, so it's the same way. You're you're watching it, and all of a sudden it's like blocky, or it's you know, it, it, those ones are really fun to to see when you're seeing like a test screening. Oh man, that's that's awesome. I've I've never seen a test screening of uh, animation of, of animation uh, like like in in the theaters, and I've seen stuff online. I've seen animatics, except for there was an anniversary thing at some point when I was a kid for Little Mermaid, where I went to it. It was part of I think. I did some cool thing with a guy who worked on Cinderella. And I can't like I think there were two or three other Disney f- films, and he was a lead animator at Warner Brothers for like one character for a little while. But he, uh, he I went to an animation seminar as a kid uh, at ASU at Arizona State University when I was like you know, like ten or twelve, like like in the summer when my parents needed something to occupy me, and I would refuse to do sports and <laughs> it's like I'll do stuff with cartoons <laughs> you better believe it <laughs> oh he uh the warner brothers cartoon character he he, he worked on um uh, the coyote on wiley coyote uh he was the like the lead animator for a little while on him but he uh yeah because of that thing we ended up watching like a double screening where we watched little mermaid after we watched like an animatic version of it where it was like all pencil test and like no no songs and like just but they had the animation for the songs. It was really interesting, fascinating. But I've never seen like a, an actual test screening or anything. Uh, but uh, that sounds very cool. But there was a there was a trailer for How to Train Your Dragon three. I think I think is the third one. And, uh, yeah, pretty good. It does. It looked good, but the music, like the the pop music, really took me out of it. Like I feel like I don't know why they do that. It, I, I, like you don't see that stuff in the in the Pixar or Disney movies, and I think it it makes them more appealing to me. You know, even if they include one of those movies or one of those songs in the credits or in the movie or whatever, by not including it in the trailer, it appeals more to someone like myself. <laughs> it's like modern music, boy band, me. I, I, I'm not judging anyone else, but it's not for me. I, I mean, modern music, boy band stuff works totally well in the Norse era. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly Scottish Norse Viking guys. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they have Scottish accents? Because they're definitely Norse, right? <laughs> I just assume everybody that uh, if you're not English, you're in your, uh, you know, hairy and, and warlike, then uh, you have a Scottish accent. I don't know. <laughs> I think, like, I just wonder who was it? Was it Gerard Butler who was like, I'm just going to do my, my own accent because he played his dad, right? And then... Or uh, the other guy. Um, that was Butler. What? You think it was Butler? Because the other guy yeah. is the men- his mentor, the blacksmith dude who is the old Late Show host or Late Late Show. Colin maybe they're all Ferguson. Maybe they're all hired around that idea. It's just such a weird concept because, like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's great. I do like – you're right, though, because, like, for so long in Hollywood, it was always just a British accent with everything. It's like, oh, you're ancient Greek, uh, British. Oh, you're Roman, British. Like, I, I, I guess it's just colonialism, right? Like, it's just because that's it's probably because that's what ignorant people were like. Oh, I met 
somebody from India, someone from here and there, they all have British accents. So everybody who's not from here should have British accents. I like I like uh, when the Imperial powers are all British. Hell, that's Star Wars even. It is definitely like that. I mean, the New Hope, right? Other than James Earl Jones, <laughs> they all have British accents. Yep. Empire. The Jedi was like, yeah, we're not going to go hire anybody. That's my, uh, I figured out what I'm, what I'm Star Wars hipster on and it's not intentional. I, I definitely don't like judge anybody, but I was, I'm just, I was legitimately surprised to hear someone who was a Star Wars fan who had not heard about how the Emperor in the original version of the Empire, of Empire wasn't Ian McDiarmid, but was Rick Baker's wife and a chimpanzee and a bunch of clay. And like, how did, doesn't everybody know that? Like, I just thought everybody <laughs> knew that. Didn't you know that, I, Tim? I didn't know. Yes. I didn't know it was Rick Baker's wife. I'm pretty sure that that's who it was. I know it was a lady. And I'm pretty sure it was Rick no, Baker. No, his name's like Revel or something, is it? I, I, I don't remember. I just, yeah, like, she's, like Jerry was saying, it was a lady, but I don't remember the name or, or the relation. God, I, I, have, I have the autograph uh, on my Star Wars card trader. Let me see who it is. <laughs> I think it's Clive Revel or something. And so unless he's married to Clive Revel, I mean, you never know. I, but like Tim said, I could have sworn. Let me see. Original. You're probably thinking of uh, what's her name being the hands of E.T. No, I, I, maybe, I know the voice wasn't. Maybe the voice was Clive Revel. What's her name? Uh, hold on, let me see. Let me see. Almost there. Where are my signatures? Signatures and relics. It definitely says Clive Revel. Yeah. But that's not Clive his Revel. face. I think that's the voice. Maybe. I gotta look this up now. Poor, Marjorie uh, Eaton. Clive Revel did the voice. With but monkey eyes? Yeah. Oh, God. As iconic yeah. as, 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 as McDiarmid's Emperor was, there was something very unsettling and frankly scary about the original. There was a lot about the mystery. Clive Revel did the voice, and for three decades, the actor was only known as an unknown woman with heavy prosthetics and superimposed chimpanzee eyes. That's yeah. crazy. Elaine Baker is named. Oh, it turned out to be faulty research from J.W. Rensler. Sorry, Rensler. It was actually veteran actor Marjorie Eaton. Oh, wait. Uh, let me see. What was switched out with Baker? So not, no, nobody knows for sure. It was one of the two. <laughs> I guess people think it's Eaton because the face, but it was one. They 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 shot with both this old British actress named Marjorie Eaton and with Rick Baker's wife Elaine. So it could be either way. Okay, okay. hold on, hold on. Uh, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> well, they probably know. Uh, Mar- yeah, it says Marjorie Eaton uh, portrayed Emperor Palpatine in the pre DVD version of The Empire Strikes Back. There you go. So Rensler just got it wrong because they actually shot footage with. Uh, uh, Rick Baker's wife and superimposed monkey eyes on it, but they end up going with that. Fascinating, all fascinating. I can't believe we we we, we all we, we all uh, got this figured out. So now everybody should know this. And I expect everyone to know. I mean, it's Mar- on our Marjorie show, so Eaton. everyone will know. Marjorie Eaton. Well, we know Pablo is going to disseminate the news. Right. <laughs> He's got the uh, word search on for his name. Oh, and it has on her IMDb page, it has The Empire Strikes Back as Emperor Uncredited. That sounds right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, um, that was fun. So <laughs> um, I feel like we're this is going to be a good time to 
Um, and for this week, I know Andrew is probably like not going to even listen to this part anyway. So if there's anything, That's what, I mean, we know she's not because of the uh, spoileries. Hey, Jared, true. Jared, uh-huh. I'm watching something on. I guess it's a live feed of Ant Man and the Wasp. A what of it? A live. I, I just happen to have Twitter up, and guess who's getting an autograph from Paul Rudd? Who? Your your friend. My friend Laura. Yes. <laughs> she interviewed uh, him already. Uh, I think. I'm, I'm like, wait a second. Isn't that Jared's friend? It probably is. Uh, she does the coolest stuff. Like <laughs> well, between getting me and it's not even on her page either. Goldblum and 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 getting to meet all these cool actors and like. Like the other day, she was meeting uh, Benedict Cumberbatch like two days in a row, two different things, and like like one was promoting Infinity War, and was one was promoting a TV show he's on or something, and and uh, no, she does like the coolest crap. I remember when I went to the Rogue One premiere, uh, red carpet thing. Ron was like, "You're living, you're living LA like the best way," but then like now I know Laura, and I'm like, I have not even come close. Like she, she yeah, she's living it up. She's definitely. I'll, I'll send you the tweet r- real quick. I've and got then, that uh, what was the other thing? What's the other thing? Oh yeah, real quick before we leave, Benedict Cumberbatch is the as uh, the Grinch seems weird. It was so weird, and I couldn't figure out. I was like, that voice is familiar, but I cannot. F- I could not figure out what it was. Like, it was so 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 strange. It, I, I'm I'm completely with you. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Is it a tweet? Uh, I have not yet. I will check it out shortly. Okay. Anyways, thanks, Tim. <laughs> uh, no problem, Tim, man. It, it was great having you back on, Mark, because we missed you last time. It was nice to be back. And I missed you. Hopefully. Uh, honestly, what I'm what I'm hoping for at this point is that next week we can talk about something about Star Wars Resistance because I'm I'm looking forward I to something so. from that. But something besides the garbage fire that is uh, Twitter right now and Star Wars. Well, I mean, something positive, because right now, right now, the only thing positive in uh, on Star Wars Twitter is everyone seeming to be uh, too many people excited about. Oh my God, the the cover of Thrawn and uh, Anakin Skywalker is so hot. It's, it's like, what? Oh, well, I would say it's cool, but yeah. No, no, I'm seeing, I'm seeing like <laughs> previous. I, I saw one of those memes where before it's Callus and now it's uh, Thrawn. Oh. Okay. You know, the one where, where you got a you got a girlfriend, you're looking back at it, looking at a new girl. They've already done that. One of, one of my friends uh, was saying that she's doesn't get the uh, appreciation for hot callus, and I really I I, I appreciated that because it's like all they did was tossle his hair, yeah. and then everybody's like, oh, he's so good looking. Yeah, he's like, no longer uh, he's no longer uh, uh, what is it? Uh, not homicidal, but he's no longer a mass murderer. He's uh, he's cute. I guess that's what happens. My hair gets messed up all the time. I know. <laughs> that's not what happens. You kill somebody, you mess up your hair, and you're like, never mind, you're hot. Hot Hitler. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, never mind. Bye. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Hashtag hot <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that, that's no. But bye. <laughs> Tim disapproved of hashtag hot <laughs> <laughs> I know what what could possibly be wrong with me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know.